0: Hello, and welcome to the strangest gig I've ever played True Tales from the studio and the stage. I'm your host, Chris J. Norwood. On the podcast with us today is one Jay Sustain. Jay is a DJ based here out of Dallas, and I gotta be honest, I really enjoyed this conversation. It was really cool getting to dive into a part of the scene that I don't know much about. Jay was a lot of fun and had some great stories, so without further ado, let's get to it. Hey there, boys and girls. Again, my name is Chris J. Norwood, and this is the Strangest Gig Podcast. Before we get to I just want to let you know about a couple exciting things. My lovely and talented wife, Carrie Norwood, has a brand new single out now everywhere where you get your streaming music. It's called Flying to Tennessee. She and I co-wrote it together. And then when uh, we went into the studio about last year into Audio Dallas and recorded it, and it is beautiful. Please go check it out. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, all the things. Just search Carrie Norwood or Flying to Tennessee and you should find it. It's it's awesome. It's really beautiful and I'm super proud of it and proud of her. Also, we both have a show coming up. Thursday, April 20th, my new band, the Knockdown Dragout, will be playing. It's going to be the whole big band. There's going to be 10 of us, four horns, whole big rhythm section. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. If you like good music, good soul, rhythm and blues music, please come check us out. Uh, We're really excited about it. Again, Thursday, April 20th. Sundown at Granada You can get your tickets there And then Carrie will actually be Carrie and I will be opening the set With some some duo music She'll be playing her new single And it's going to be a fun night Uh, Yeah, you're definitely going to want to come see it And finally, if you're a fan of this podcast Smash that subscribe Heart that like Do all the things that you got to do To make sure you're in the know For whenever new episodes come out I try to drop new episodes The third Tuesday of every month And yeah, I want you to know when they come out We've got a few exciting things in the works for the podcast, and I just want to say thank you for your auditory patronage. So tell a friend, spread the word, let them know about the Strangest Gig podcast. If you're a musician and you've had some of your own strange gigs, hit me up. Maybe I'll have you on the show. You never know. Again, on the podcast today is one Jay Sustain. Like I said in the intro, super fun guy, great conversation. I don't want to waste any time, so let's do it. Well, Jason Stane, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I'm looking forward to this conversation. It's really yeah, fun. My pleasure. Yeah, man. So um, let's get into it. Tell me now about your current gig,
1: what you got going on currently. All right. Um, I DJ quite a bit, so I've got a, a bi-weekly or bi-monthly. Wh- which is it, by the way? If it's twice a month, is it bi-monthly? I think it's both. Okay. <laughs> so I think bi-monthly means twice
0: a month, and it also means... Every two months, which is super confusing.
1: But And then bi-weekly, isn't that also every other week? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Very confusing. Yeah, we've had this conversation, uh, my girlfriend and I. Um, Anyway, I'm doing a – it's at Thunderbird Station called Thursday Night Therapy, uh, and it's every two weeks. Uh, Basically, it's a musical format, uh, 80s, 90s, new wave, retro. And it's not a nightclub. It's just a social gathering that we have. So, you know, if you're into the 80s and 90s and new wave stuff, you can come by and see us over there.
0: And that's a, what did you say? uh, Thunderbird Station. Thunderbird Station. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's um, it's owned by Kim Finch, the same woman that owns uh, Double Wide, Single Wide. It's right there in the neighborhood. Uh, It's a restaurant, outdoor patio, so you can eat there as well. And then I'm also just starting a new thing in March called No Wave Wednesdays. It's also 80s New Wave. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be downtown at The Loft at Ye Old Scarlet Pumpernickel Tavern. <laughs> okay.
0: That sounds old school. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, And you're DJing, you said, right? I'm DJing, yeah.
1: How long have you been DJing? Um, that's a really good question. I, I feel like from the earliest times that you could go tape to tape or, you know, that's I, I did that a lot. Um, I, I would say it was about 17 when I did my okay. first public DJ gig. I'm 45 now. So yeah. math.
0: Yeah. So I definitely want to talk cause I have questions. I I'm not like super familiar, but I've always been intrigued by like the DJ scene. Do you, do you, uh, did you to, like with, uh, sorry, with vinyl?
1: I'm also intrigued by the scene. I have no idea what it's doing or okay, sure. what it yeah. thinks it is. But, yeah. um, so I, I did go through a vinyl phase. So <clears throat> In the DJ world, there's a lot of purists. Yeah. uh, People that don't think you're a DJ unless you do it a certain way. Right. I'm under the more like um, technology is amazing and and there's so many new tools uh, to your advantage. Even the artists themselves are building the tools into the music and into the um, sale of the music. And so uh, I, I embrace the tools. Yeah. I do love vinyl. I still buy vinyl and collect it, but I don't DJ with it. There's a hundred reasons why, mainly um, quality and and just uh, when you get to the club, the environment it's very different. There's a lot going on. There's vibrations. There's a piece of cotton falling from the ceiling. Sure. It's just it's not ideal. Bad electricity. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so many things. You you bump it yourself. Yeah. You, you just it's, it's so many variables that I don't really want to worry about. Yeah. So um, I've ridden the wave of the new digital DJ. Um, okay. Where you you know you convert your vinyl or CDs or whatever into a digital file, and there you go, you mm-hmm. pull it up on an XDJ. So uh, that's as far as the hardware goes. As far as the scene goes, uh, if you're a professional DJ, you're really just chasing the next paid gig. Okay. I and mean, you're looking for a paid gig that'll let you do what you want or something similar to what you want. You know.
0: Then why? So tell me why. What interested you about DJing and what it is about that that
1: Kind of captivates you. That's a good question as well. I, I remember being a little kid and standing up in the back seat of my mom's car and her yelling at me to sit down, um, and hearing the breakdown of "Cool in the Gang." Yeah. And in my mind, singing the words of another song, and okay. I just and I would sing it. and My mom would say, "Oh wow, those do go well together." And uh, from the earliest ages, I I always remember finding complimentary songs. Right. And when we got into, you remember the old days of um, making your own mixtape, right? Yeah, obviously. I would do that. And I would try to kind of DJ and hit the pause button at the (laughs) break of one song and, you know, pick it back up to the next. And I wish I could find those. I don't know where they're at, but I'm sure there are some really cool mixtapes out there that I did. And so... That would probably be the earliest interest uh, in DJing. But I will say that uh, Club Numbers, DJ Wes, age 16, I was just, you know, enamored by who this guy was yeah. and what he was doing and what are those songs and why can't I hear them on the radio? You know, it just right. blew me away. And I, and I just kind of became enamored. I was fanboying over what was happening inside the nightclub.
0: Yeah. You know. So talk now about like DJing as it relates to like the, you know, the early hip hop scene. Is that something you're kind of involved in at all? Or is there, are there like different factions of of, of that scene?
1: There's really, so I'd I'd like to think, you know, DJs all wear a badge and we love each other. Um, I know the greatest hip hop DJs in all of Dallas and we're all friends, even though I'm not into that. Um, okay, sure. I'm into house music, but they do the same. They come to my gigs and are like, yeah, this is cool." Yeah, yeah. We support each other. Um, there's definitely um, scenes defined by genre, uh-huh. for sure. Like, you know, hip-hop night is hip-hop night. 80s night is 80s night. Yeah. Um, techno night or, or whatnot. Um, Dallas has a pretty solid house music scene, and, and mm-hmm. those people stick together. Um, they seem to be older than than most scenes that I've seen around America, but good people and... yeah you know, into it. Um, the DJs stick together and they usually scratch each other's back too. Like if there's, you know, Hey, I need such and such night and you're good at that. I'll give you that gig, you know, yeah. for the most part.
0: And then um, something else I've always wondered, cause like, you know, when you're, when you're in a band, you know, sometimes you got to do the gigs to make money. So you have like the original music band thing, And then you have what, you know, what I would call like the, the party band thing where you're playing weddings and corporate events. And I imagine there's the same thing for DJs. You could do, you know, I won't call it a maybe not original per se, but it's just, you're doing your thing as opposed to like playing a bar mitzvah. You know what I mean? Like how, how does that factor into it? So,
1: you know, there's so many types of gigs, right? There's like, Hey, I'm having my birthday party and we don't have a budget. And so you're like, all right, I'll, I'll do it. And you, and you'll, play just about whatever, you know, pretty much what they want, and you're willing to do just whatever.
0: And at that point, are you just pressing play on a song or letting it run? Yeah, pretty
1: much. You're finding a track that you think is cool, like, oh, I just bought this last week, I'm playing it, and then your friend's like, hey, I want to hear some, you know, whatever Polish ambassador, so you do that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you're just finding songs and hitting Mm -hmm. play, you know, and you'll do it for free because it's a friend. Yeah. Um, And then there's, you know, the project of love, which is like, we're doing this because we want it and there's probably no money in it. And yeah. so, uh, Thursday night therapy, the thing I, I brought up yeah. earlier, that, that is a, a labor of love for sure. And, and, you know, we made graphics and, uh, it's a every other week event. Sure. And, um, we actually left one venue because of violence that had occurred at, at wow. the venue. And I just was like, we're listening to eighties music. I'm not trying to get people killed or involved in. Yeah. Um, so, and, and it has cost us to, keep the event going but there's been a little bit of reciprocal money coming back from it yeah. so there's that kind of gig and then there's the kind of gig where they say hey man the club owner's got $500 and you can do what you want for two hours mm-hmm. and that's a dream job sure. I mean you know that's that's like holy cow I can do what I want and they're like absolutely man he's he's open to whatever your sound is and and you know and what's,
0: you, what would you consider your sound?
1: That's a good question too uh, if you let me do whatever I want I really like deep electronic house music like i like it smooth i like it slow 120 beats per minute Mm -hmm. sometimes i don't really like there being a kick there yeah you know just rhythmic patterns i really love that i played at deep element art Art company this last saturday i had a one day uh preparation time um apparently the opener got sick and they they just called me and i was like man and so you know i went and bought ten dollars worth of new stuff but also looked through my 20 years worth of music and yeah. found this really cool. And that was great because I got to be paid to openers, um, yeah. you know, money and do what I wanted to do. And that, that one felt really great. Mm-hmm. And then if you get a live recording out of it, I mean, you know, what, what more could you ask for? Yeah, in that's you great. Know, a situation like that.
0: Do you play any other instruments?
1: I do. I play keys. Okay. Um, a little bit of drums, mainly keys, mm-hmm. Yeah, there was always a piano in my house growing yeah. up and so keys and then as it relates to production as well, I yeah. play keys.
0: Have you ever so have you done keys in any like more more full band stuff or is it mostly just the DJ?
1: <laughs> my first band ever um was a tool cover band. Okay, yeah. Called MAS Mind Altering Substance. Yeah. <laughs> and um I played keyboards in that. Perfect. And a lot of it was guitar, keyboards, you know, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's cool.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I played guitar in a tool cover band on keys.
0: Right on. (laughs) That's cool. And, uh, you said you're a producer as well. Mm -hmm. How long have you done that?
1: Uh, 2005 was my first production. I think I probably spent a year or so before that, you know, just goofing around. Um, but 2005 is the first time I ever put anything out, produced, and put something out. Um, so, uh, yeah, 20, almost 20 years on that. Um, Ironically, the very first thing that ever got put out was a competition that I won. It was a Sony Acid Pro remix competition cool. for DJ Diffuse from Austin, Texas. And um, just did a cool tri. what I thought was tribal. Now I look back and I'm like, wow, that's a bunch of bongo loops. <laughs> but at the time, I thought it was this tribally sounding, yeah. what do you call it? And uh, it won the contest, got put out on a CD, and, and that was 2005. That's cool. Yeah.
0: So I got one more question um,
1: have you ever read uh, Questlove's book I've not but you're like the third person that's asked me that it, it must really be
0: It's really good it's really fascinating but he talks about you know him as a DJ and just how a DJ can really like you know affect the mood and the vibe of a crowd and like lift them up and and get them going or like
1: bring it down and and make everything chill what I mean Absolutely I I play club things and and you can there's different types of 80s per se. you got the bubblegum 80s, and yeah. then you've got that front 242, netzareb, kind of dark, gothy. Um, and so when people say, well, I just like the 80s, well, you got to be careful. You have to read the room. You have yeah. to know. And there's a certain level of energy that you want to drop it off on purpose, and then there's times you want to bring it up. Um I don't really dance that much in the club. I'm more just a hangout guy, but yeah. I know people who are committed to the dance and they tell me, bro, I need a break after 22 minutes, like, yeah. you know, build it up, crescendo, and then slow it down or give me a turnover. And that's really interesting because I always thought it was just keep going, keep yeah, going yeah. and, you know, crescendo at the end of the night, but actually the dancers want to stop. They, so they- are you putting a lot
0: of for- like pre-thought into like... a kind of crafting your sets and that, or you kind of, if that I, plus reading the room. Kind both. Of thing. both.
1: Yeah. yeah. If I have a two hour set, I will create a four hour playlist basically okay. so that I know what I'm choosing from and I have directions that I could go. Okay. But if it's six hours and it's just do what you want, I don't come in. I just come in with everything. All with the music. All it, yeah. yeah. And you just play a couple songs and you see what they dance to. Mm-hmm. And if, people aren't liking it you drastically switch it up like play something crazy and see how they respond to that sometimes people are feeling zany and they want silly stuff yeah they want goofy you know
0: what is uh like i mean because i i kind of my whole scene mostly has been kind of singer songwriter stuff so Mm -hmm. i know what it's like to to get up on stage and just bomb and have nobody in the crowd dig it or be interested or worse what does that look like for a dj what what does it look like to just to bomb? i'm not saying you have but i'm sure you have oh i have <laughs>
1: i have um you know every promoter has a vision in their mind of of you know the club full and, and yeah the smoke machines going off and yeah yeah sh- but it's, it's not up to you the day of the show when people come or if they come. Yeah. It could rain. The street could be blocked off. Uh, just so many variables. And as a DJ, you get up there and you want to do your best and you're looking at an empty room and there's no crowd to read. Uh-huh. There's nothing. It's it's absolutely happened to me. Yeah, I actually threw an event in New Orleans, thought I'd worked everything out, talked to the police, blah, blah, blah the very last minute there was something that made it to where the street was closed and people couldn't get to me for like a oh, mile. No. Yeah. And just, you know, the the amount of variables on the promotion in really, you know, the DJ has to deal with it. Yeah. Um, I, I've played, I've played at Deep Elm art company one night, um, opening for a really great band. And I, I just, their, their name has slipped my mind right now. I'll probably shout it out here in a second, mm-hmm. but, um, I was excited. I listened to their stuff. They were kind of soul funk, and I'm like, yeah, I got the perfect like you know That's cool. set. And it was raining really bad that day, and we were like, nobody's gonna come. And and people came, but you know they're running inside, and yeah, you know yeah. th- So there's probably a hundred people in there, but we're kind of trapped inside this thunderstorm moment. Yeah. And um, and I'm DJing just like it would be good, and I get to this like build up moment where it's like. Bah, 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 bah and i looked down and all the powers off on the stage oh, no. and i'm like oh my god and people were like you killed it and they're just <laughs> you know literally <laughs> they are wait, waiting uh, for the drop come to find out a tree in the backyard had fallen and just taken out the like the club oh, they no. still had lights at the bar but yeah. all the stage and everything was out and i'm like wow okay so to me that was a a literal bomb uh, yeah. of an event because we didn't think it would work anyway and then for the People that managed to get inside just lost everything. Yeah. What was cool is the band came out, um, brought his snare drum, guitar, and they went ahead and just did acoustic. That's Out cool. in the middle of the crowd. It yeah,
0: was, that's it was really pretty cool. Neat.
1: The guys from Austin. I'll think of it in a minute.
0: That's super cool. Um, you talked a little bit before we started recording uh, about your dad, and so you you kind of come from a musical mm-hmm. family.
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. My dad is a. a He started as a minister, but he got into songwriting, you know, Uh sat at the piano and whatnot. And um, apparently uh, other people liked his gospel style and and would purchase his music, uh, and he became a songwriter. That's cool. Um, He wrote a lot for Tammy Faye Baker, Yeah, um, was probably her principal songwriter, and appeared on the PTL show for years and years Mm -hmm. as a fundraiser and singer-songwriter.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So how does that, like... How did that affect you growing up kind of being around music? Did that inform what you do now or
1: Absolutely. Yeah, like I said uh, before, there was a piano in my house at all times and sometimes it was like a grand piano, sometimes it was a little upright, but there was always one there because yeah. my dad. Um and so I always played stuff. I'd I'd listen to the radio and just, you know, play on yeah. top of it. So, absolutely it it had an effect. Um as far as the Christian gospel country gospel style, I, I never liked that music. I, yeah. I couldn't didn't really understand it. It just sounded weird to me. But I, I'm sure what I do sounds completely weird to them. You yeah. Know? Um.
0: Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would imagine it's it's, uh, you know, being around the, the Bakers and and that thing that it's very quite a bit different from what you're doing now. yeah
1: i was i was mainly raised by my mom i didn't go to my dad till i was 13 but uh-huh. i would still spend time with my dad yeah sure and i remember when i was seven or eight going to heritage usa the big thing out in north carolina their big uh yeah you know christian theme park or uh-huh. whatnot and um uh, Tammy was really cool that day. My dad was kind of a jerk, and I had um, 10 balloons tied to my hand, and the balloons kept getting in his face. It's actually on, on television. There's a video somewhere of this. Oh, really? The balloon kept getting in his face, and so he yanked it off of my arm and let it go inside the oh, no. thousand-foot studio, and, and the crowd booed him. They were like, oh, boo, Mike. <laughs> you know? and, um, and so at the end, Tammy Faye said, so, first of all, we walk off the stage, and there's so many balloons that it would carry my body away. Yeah. They had just had them, and they tied more onto my arm. And then Tammy said, we got you the biggest balloon ever and took me outside to the Heritage USA hot air balloon. Oh, wow. Um, that was <laughs> drug. <laughs> and so me and Jamie Charles, Jay, and um, and I, someone else uh, were towed by a truck for the rest of the day in this balloon. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. What a, what a great yeah. memory! Yeah, it, it's it is a cool memory, um, and you know, this, yeah, it's a lot of stuff with with the Bakers. Um, I really learned to enjoy Tammy in in the later years uh, when I lived yeah. in Atlanta. Her son Jay was there, and she would come and visit, and we had a good time just going out. She's a really silly person, really? and uh, yeah, uh, very boisterous and loud. You uh-huh. can't go to a restaurant with Tammy without everyone knowing that she's there. You know.
0: Let's get into, uh, tell me now about your uh, the, the strangest gig you've ever played, whether that's DJing or yeah. playing in a tool cover band or, or producing <laughs> in the studio, whatever whatever it is.
1: I feel like it's such a subjective term. Most of what I've done is strange. Uh, you know, I was talking to Andrew Sherman. He was on your show. Yeah, yeah. And, and he said, uh, man, you play at the church. That's pretty strange. And I'm like, well, I don't know. It's just a gig, you know? Yeah. But it's perception to everybody. Do you still play at the church? Sometimes? I do. Yeah. I just played this, this last Sunday. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And again, coming up in um, April. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a great gig. I mean, I think what's weird to other people is, is the culture um, and the fashion. I mean, yeah. you, you can definitely just put some googly eyes on your chest and, and go out in yeah. public <laughs> and it's a cool place I mean it's it's edgy it's what it's always been it's a goth club right. so you know there's nothing weird about it though it certainly isn't my strangest gig how long have they been
0: how, how long has the church been around because they've been a,
1: yeah. around a long so time so I think it's 28 years yeah. right now and you know obviously most of that was spent at 2424 Swiss right. the Lizard Lounge and then now they're at Club It'll Do but the, the night still exist and Lizard Lounge Presents is still a company that you know has major DJs Yeah, yeah that's cool uh, as far as the stranger's gig um you and I talked a little bit yeah. off air. I did a wedding um for a friend of a friend I didn't really know the bride and groom, but i I knew the the bridesmaid yeah and um just a typical wedding you know nice people the only thing I had to change was the the husband wanted more country and so you know added some country in there and okay. everything's going great and um so r- quickly what what's it
0: like when you're doing those gigs and you're playing because you had mentioned like Country may may not be your thing.
1: Don't know much about it. Yeah, you know, for me, it's just I don't want to play the wrong thing. Like you sure. know, some country might be considered, I don't know, racy for people. I I don't really know. Yeah. You so know, you're having
0: like, to do your research beforehand. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, you kind out of what, put yeah. those
1: there, and you're like, ooh, this one doesn't sound like something, you know? And yeah. Th- yeah, yeah. Th- th- these do, and and they they usually do give you like six or seven artists. And like, then you, hey, go, off of that, you yeah. go off of that. Spotify is really great at giving you recommendations. Sure. Obviously if you put ten artists in a playlist it mm-hmm. tells you here's ten more that are probably same yeah. same thing. So you know, you just add, you you adapt. It's not, not a big deal. It's a paid gig. Usually weddings pay pretty good, so you're yeah. willing to do you know, whatever to make these people happy. And um, it was a good day. It was hot outside. People were coming around. Well it got to a point where people were kinda eating cake and just milling around and so I was doing that like Classic eighties, older nineties stuff, and then we're gonna get into the dance, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And so I played In Excess. I, I could never remember this song, but I looked it up last night. In Excess Never Tear You Apart. Okay, yeah. Beautiful yeah. song, yeah, right? Great. You were there, two worlds collided, now nothing can tear us apart. That's right. This is a wedding song. Yes. The tension was palpable. <laughs> People just started walking away and Walking off the dance floor? Yeah. And just walking away from me. And I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like, you know, I didn't think it was a song. I thought maybe something else was going on in the room. And the friend that I was doing it for was a bridesmaid. And she comes over and is like, what the? And I'm like, what did I do? And she's like, bro, stop the song right now. And I'm like... (laughs) Okay, so I grabbed the mic, and I was like, man, thank you guys for celebrating the life of these, these guys, and get back out here on the dance floor, and let's do something funky. And I put on, like, the funky chicken or just some yeah, yeah. random thing. And she's like, bro, the bride's previous husband committed suicide, and that was their dance at her oh, last no. wedding. Oh, <laughs> no.
0: Wow. That's Tad's. <laughs> I was stunned. I, I didn't know what
1: to say. I didn't know how to react. I just looked at the bride and kind of mouthed like, I'm so sorry. How would you have known? That's... Exactly. And that's what yeah. I said. And, and in the end, the bride and groom were super cool. And they, yeah. they tipped me. And the, the groom was like, you would have never known. Yeah. Um, but there was a, a good like hour of just, bro. Trying to break it down yeah. and get the vibe back. The bride actually left. Like the area for a while, oh, no. and I was like, you know. So I joke with people. Yeah, the day I ruined a, a wedding with with It wasn't completely ruined forever, but it was definitely a moment they'll never forget. And, yeah, you and give I them won't a memorable either. wedding. And my friend was like, "Bro, you know, you didn't know." And I'm like, "I, how would I've known? Yeah, you never no said way. this, you know. In fact, there was another NXS song in their playlist, like yeah. Change or whatever. And so I, I would have never known. Or don't. That change.
0: seems like information yeah. that should have been offered up. Didn't Beforehand. Know, first of all
1: didn't know the guy had committed suicide yeah. by any means. I, I had heard that day that she was divorced, but that's you didn't know why. Plus yeah. neither here nor there for the gig. Sure, you know, yeah, it makes no difference. Uh, yeah, wow, that's rough. Yeah, it, <laughs> probably the toughest thing I've ever. And you know it's one of those things where you load up, you're in the car, you got the check, the, the gig is over, and then you're like, stupid. stupid what are you <laughs> doing? Yeah, punching yourself. Yeah. Like, what have I done? Yeah That's great I love Weddings that are one. tough and, and you know To be honest I really don't like Doing weddings Even though they, they Pay really well Because of things like that you, sure. can, you can ruin a whole day Over something you didn't know
0: Yeah It is It, it is Very high stakes It seems yeah. I'll
1: tell the security one
0: Yeah I want to hear that one
1: Yeah It's it's not so much a, a gig I played But I was working I was on the clock uh, Yeah Working for Deep Elm Art Company I was a security guy And that night They had Charlie XCX Yeah a pop star mm-hmm. and she was opening for taylor swift so the when the word got out that she was doing a pop-up at deep Elm art company the kids the, the people just fly yeah. i was is, about
0: to ask that seems like a smaller venue for her
1: it absolutely is it's it's no way they just performed at american airlines right. center and there's no way that you know i think that they can max cap at 650 or something yeah. like that um, plus John is a, is a, um, John LaRue, the owner of Arco is a, is an all ages venue. Yeah. Pays a lot of money to have that standard. So we could accommodate the people that wanted to come there, Sure, but it was going to be a lot of them. Yes. So I believe a, a thousand people or more showed up at the club and we were wow. able to get them all in. But, um, the manager of Charlie XCX came to me, introduced herself, really nice lady and, and was very, you know, adamant that no, absolutely nobody on the stage and nobody in the green room. And I said, even with the wristbands, and she said, no, 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 that's for that's for the meet and greet, nobody in the green room. Yeah. And I said, okay, yeah, yeah, no problem, done. Yeah. Uh, Charlie XCX gets there, pats me on the shoulder, I go back, take a picture with her, say hi, she yeah. tells me, please don't let anyone on the stage. I said, yeah, no problem. So I make eye contact with the other security guy, and I'm letting him know, like, this is the line right here, yeah. nobody crosses, not anybody. And yeah. he, he's thumbs up, we're good to go. So you know, I'm there doing my thing. She comes out, crowd surges, everybody's uh, excited, she does her, her main songs.
0: And and there you said there are a thousand people in that room.
1: Well there's there's max cap, it's probably so six hundred, yeah. But that's a full room. There's a yeah. ton of people outside yeah. still, like you know. And that's another thing is I'm watching the side door, it keeps popping open, I have to pull it shut. Yeah, you know, people are just swarming the building. Yeah, a, that's a full room for yeah, sure. Totally. And um and I'm not really listening or looking to her. I'm more or less watching the crowd and the the door, you know, head on a swivel left and right. And out of the corner of my right eye, I see this leg pop up onto, like, the monitor. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, what's this guy doing? And he lifts himself up. And I'm like, no, he's coming onto the stage. (laughs) Yeah. So I literally run up there, pretty much help him onto the stage, and put him in, like, a full Nelson, you know, and direct his body and we go towards the edge as we get to the edge I heard a bunch of people going like no no no, no. but I'm like you <laughs> you're know, doing, you're I'm doing your my job, job. Yeah. like I don't care whose friend it is or whatever you know and next thing I know I get this pat on my shoulder and I look and it's Charlie XCX and she goes it's fine I asked him and I'm like <laughs> Bro,
0: see, and that's so, another
1: situation where they could have let you know beforehand. That's not the way you get on the stage either, right. bro. You need to come up the stairs. You yeah. know, we have stairs right here on the side. Anyway, again, I turned beet red. Just felt <laughs> totally embarrassed and and stunned. at, you know, well, I'm a useless security guy here. Like yeah, this yeah. is, to- I'm overreacting, which is you definitely don't want to do and um, yeah it was it was terrible at the end again it was cool Charlie XCX came and laughed with me at the yeah. end she kind of like grabbed my arm like ah and so I who was was like, the guy getting on stage you said he like, was oh, a rapper he was a Dallas rapper that apparently knew her or yeah, did a yeah. song with her and she saw him in the crowd and was like oh my oh. god you know donuts get up here <laughs> yeah. and so you know I didn't see that interaction and so yeah. as he climbed on the front of the stage I'm like oh hell no yeah right you know <laughs> <laughs> um the cool thing is as soon as i let him go she handed him the mic and he just went he was like hey hey, yeah!" Hey. yeah, yeah he and, the, and the crowd like just ah and That's i'm cool. like oh man That's i cool. still just, they don't know who that guy was <laughs> <laughs> but like if you're listening buddy i'm so sorry i was just doing my job i love that yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: tell me now about your your dream gig what does a dream gig look like for uh for a dj
1: so that's a really great question, or, or
0: as a producer, you know, whatever whatever that means to you.
1: You know, what's funny is the gigs that you do play that you're like, wow, this is a dream gig, are ones that you never would have of thought of. Um, so, my band Smoking with Strangers got open last, uh, got asked to open last year for Chromio. Wow! And. I, I was like that. That's cool. Yeah. What do we do? Who? uh, You know, like what what was the venue? It was the Arlington um, backyard connected to the stadium. Oh, to so there the was Rangers. Like a, like yeah, the so there's like yeah. a baseball game going yeah, on yeah, yeah. during our thing. That's a weird event, too. It's like when you're in the middle of a intimate song, and then all of a sudden it's like, bam, 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 Yeah. You're like, what was the, that? The fireworks like, are going off. You, can, for hear, the you can hear yeah. all that stuff, like, in the middle of your song, and you're like, wow, okay, that's that's odd. Um, Dream gig, though. I would say, you know, opening for my idols. Like, yeah. Like, you know, I... I studied under DJ Sasha, and Mm -hmm. and Sasha and Digweed were like my every album type thing. I probably got 10 signed albums by him in my studio. So it's like, I would say being asked to open for DJ Sasha would... Probably be just a dream come true. Now watch it be one of those gigs where they only pay like fifty bucks and a bottle of water, but it doesn't. Hey, it you know yeah. there, there's that trade. <laughs> That's that, right. That trade that you're willing to do it. Um, I have played some really great gigs and made lots of money on some really great gigs, but yeah. they certainly weren't my dream job. Sure. You know, and like I said, there's the times that you get those. It's shocking and it's exciting, but you're you're always in the back of your mind like I wish I could do what I want opening for my guy. You know, Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to probably DJ for more, um, touring or traveling DJs. That'd be fun.
0: That's cool. Yeah. I love it, man. Jay, Jason Sustain, Thank you so much for, this has been such a fun conversation for me. Yeah, it's like thanks. I said, you know, DJ is just not a scene that I knew much about. So i just, I, I was really interested in this is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how can people find out about you and, and what you've got going on? Do you have a website socials? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I, I own Jason and it just points to my stuff. Um, also instagram jay sustain facebook jay sustain um and then i've got several groups and events that you know all, all that's tied together yeah yeah so um any of the events and then uh, i'm in a band called smoking with strangers but you can find all that on jay sustain that's awesome yeah
0: jay thank you so much this has been so much fun
1: yeah my pleasure thanks for having me appreciate it
0: there he goes jay sustain y'all be sure to check him out hit up thunderbird station for his thursday night therapy I'm sure it's a lot of fun. You may see me there. Also, don't forget Thursday, April 20th sundown at Granada, Chris J Norwood and the knockdown drag out with an opening set by Carrie Norwood. Y'all check out Carrie's new single flying to Tennessee. It's awesome. You can find out more info at my socials at Chris J Norwood or Chris Norwood.com. Thank you for listening to the strangest gig podcast. Hope you'll come back next month as well. We'll have a new, exciting guest, more fun stories, But in the meantime, if you find yourself ruining a wedding with NXS, just remember, gig's a gig, right?